0: The world is broken. You know it. I know it. The world is broken. But that's not how you have to stay. You, my friend, can live heaven's way. Here's how. James chapter 3. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with a greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what they say, they are a perfect person, able also to bridle their whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also, the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire, and the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by humankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing, my brothers, my sisters, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers and sisters, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Who is wise and understanding among you by his or her good conduct? Let them, show them, let them show their works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Man, it's so good. James chapter 3. There are some big ideas that I want to touch on really quickly out of verses 1 through 16. I'm going to preach to you today verses 17 and 18, but I want to hit the big ideas real quick, and fortunately for us today, the big ideas can be encapsulated very simply. Here they are. First big idea. Um, What you say is evidence that you are broken on the inside. I find it really sobering that no one can tame the tongue. That means that despite our best efforts, even our lifelong efforts, we will never get to the point Or we have completely tamed the restless evil that is our tongue. You've heard it said perhaps from the scripture that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the tongue is a problem not because it's a problem in and of itself. The tongue is a problem because it confesses that which lies within. That's the big idea. You are broken on the inside. And what you say is evidence. The other big idea, real simple, two ideas from 16 verses. Um, You are broken because the world is broken. That's why. You are broken because the world is broken. And it's important to uh, highlight the consequences of that brokenness which show up in verse 16. The consequences of the brokenness that we see in the world are jealousy, selfish ambition, disorder, and vileness. And I thought about those for a bit as I was writing, and I realized that those words paint a pretty accurate picture of life as we know it. Just think about your life. Think about the dark moments of your life. Maybe you had a dark moment this week. Maybe the one that comes to mind as I'm speaking is from 10 years ago, a moment of jealousy that brought brokenness into your life. I could testify to having experienced that. Can you? Keep thinking. A moment of selfish ambition that brought brokenness into your life. Are you receiving it right now like I am? I've been guilty of being motivated by selfish ambition. Have you? Maybe somebody else acted with selfish ambition towards you and your life has borne the consequences. Disorder. Are you thinking about your kid's bedroom? Don't worry, that'll eventually turn around. (laughs) Eventually. I have older teenagers, and sometimes the room still looks like Gehenna. Vileness. Anybody ever treated you in a way that was vile? It's a pretty accurate picture of our world. The world is broken, but that's not how you have to stay. You can live heaven's way. What James is here suggesting, I believe, in James chapter 3, verses 17-18, through 18, is that you can mitigate many of the effects of that brokenness by connecting to the source. That's the whole point here. I believe that James believes that you can mitigate many of the effects of the brokenness of the world by connecting to the source and by living heaven's way. Let's hit verse 17 through 18 again. This is our focus. We're going to stay here for the rest of our time. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Heaven's way is pure. It is... Heaven's way is gentle, it is reasonable. Heaven's way is merciful, it is fruitful. Heaven's way is impartial. Heaven's way is sincere. That's what heaven's way looks like. And you get there with peaceful, faith-filled hard work that spreads. And because you do this rooted in Jesus... You can do it fearlessly, contentedly, while manufacturing peace. That's the entire sermon right there. You're welcome. But since we have 10 minutes, I figure I might as well unpack it for you point by point right quick. Heaven's way is pure. What does it mean that heaven's way is pure? Pure means, in the New Testament sense, modest, immaculate. You know why heaven's way is pure? Because it doesn't hinge on you. That's why it's modest. When you realize that heaven's way hinges on the king of heaven, on Jesus Christ himself, you realize it's got nothing to do with you. And when you realize that the fate of the world's got nothing to do with you, it is very helpful in helping you be modest. (laughs) Amen? It's not about me. It's not about you. It doesn't hinge on you. Hinges on Jesus. I can be very modest given that fact. It's not super difficult to trace that truth from you know, the big cosmic context. The fate of the universe right, is in Jesus' hand. Good. But you live in the universe. And your small little world is part of that much bigger one. And so if the universe itself hinges on the activity of Jesus and not on your activity, then even the reality in your life hinges on Jesus' activity, not yours. So you can be modest. That's what it means to be pure. You can also um, be immaculate. Why? Because Jesus is how I love to tell you about our Jesus. God the Son made flesh, who never sinned once, and yet went to a Roman cross to suffer and die in your place, For your sin. So that as he hung there, God the Father could place on him the iniquities of us all, and he could suffer and die in our place. As Jesus hung on that cross, his goodness comes to you, Jesus' immaculateness comes to you, and your filthiness goes to him. That's why Christianity is so awesome. Because it's got nothing to do with me. And it's got nothing to do with you. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had cast a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Jesus paid it all. So you can be modest and immaculate. Because this has nothing to do with you. Hallelujah in this house. Heaven's way is also um, peaceable. What does it mean that heaven's way is peaceable? It means disposed to peace. It also means profitable. Sometimes Greek interpretation is difficult, so it means those two things at the same time. Peaceable, disposed to peace, profitable. So here's the disposed to peace part. You may not be at peace 100% of the time. That's okay. It's not a huge relief. In fact, that teaching should bring you peace. <laughs> Have you ever felt bad that you're like not batting a thousand when it comes to how successfully you follow Jesus? Welcome to the club. It's okay. Okay? None of us bat a thousand. Nowhere near a thousand, in fact. Okay, to be peaceable means to be disposed towards peace. This means this is the growing tendency in your life. We lean towards peace. We lean into peace. No, we don't hit it all the time, but that is our disposition. Heaven's way is to be peaceable, to be disposed towards peace. I know you can do that. I know I can too. We can introduce a disposition towards peace into our lives. The poet uh, C.T. Studd had something to say about profitability when it comes to the way of Jesus. Very famous, very short poem? You may have heard it, in fact, your grandparents surely did. Only one life will soon be past. Only what's done for Christ will last. C.T. Studd knew a thing or two about profitability. Only what's done for Christ will last. I want to invite you today to remember that peace comes from leaning into Jesus's eternal kingship. It's quite sobering to think that if the poet is correct, and I believe he is correct, his poem is based in the clear teaching of the New Testament, that only the works that are done in Christ will have any staying power whatsoever. If you bring that ruthlessly into your life and examine the things that you do with most of your time, and then honestly determine how many of those things are actually done in Christ, and to Christ, and for Christ, and through Christ, you may find that, what, one, two, three, four, five, I don't know, what's the percentage in your life of the things that you do are in really no way oriented towards Christ and his kingdom at all. If that's the case, then think about how much time you spend focusing on those things, things that will not last. Heaven's way is profitable because it is rooted in Jesus' Kingship. Hallelujah. Heaven's way is also gentle. Gentle means um, equity. Clemency. means to be merciful. To moderate the severity of judgment. I love this. Heaven's way is to give grace. This is one of my favorite through themes in all of the story of God and His people. Whenever I come to it, I point it out in this exact same way. You may have heard me Say this before, if you're hearing me preach today for the very first time, then you're hearing my bias in this area for the very first time. I believe that because heaven's way means to give more grace, that you and I should cut ourselves and the people around us a little more slack. I believe that allowing the grace that God gives to dwell in your heart and then to be given through you to others is how you walk out the royal law. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So you cut yourself a little bit of slack, and then in so doing, it free- receive it. It frees you up to cut others in your life a little bit of slack. Have- Man. Have you been being too hard on people? Somebody too hard on you this week? Somebody leap to judgment over something you said or did and they were totally wrong? He totally judged you falsely? Does your heart hurt a little bit because of that? Make sure that you don't do that same thing to those around you. Cut yourself a little slack. Lean into peace, knowing you're never going to bat a thousand. Lean into the reality of Jesus and his kingdom, knowing you're never going to get it fully until that day when you awaken in his presence. But lean into it nonetheless and stop trying to force yourself to be perfect. Cut yourself a little slack, and then in the spirit of grace, because you have been shown mercy, do the same. And cut people some slack. If you want to live heaven's way, there's a simple formula. I love this. Um, Give people more grace than they deserve. and Give them less punishment than they deserve. Hallelujah, let the Lord use you. Yeah, I could shout in this house. Okay, you want to live heaven's way? Give people more grace than they deserve and less punishment. That's how God has dealt with you. Heaven's way is reasonable. It means to be reasonable. I love this. Easily obeying. This is a great point, especially for all our young families. If you're a young family watching and you live in the city of Guelph or the wider region, come to our church. We are Well, once we're allowed to come to our church, we are busting with young families with all kinds of little crazy kids. Okay, So if that's you, this is for you today. You will be able to identify with this like gangbusters. Here we go. Want to live heaven's way? Um, be reasonable. Also known as stop acting like a two-year-old. Stop acting. Two-year-olds are the devil. Small d. You know it, I know it. What do two-year-olds act like? They are very quick to judge. They are very quick to react. They are very slow to obey. (laughs) What are a two-year-old's favorite words? Usually their first word is no, and their first sentence is don't want to. Could I get a witness? Could I get a witness? Don't, don't want to. Don't want to. Stop <laughs> acting like a two-year-old. If you want to live heaven's way, admit your 2 year oldish tendencies and crush them in Jesus' name. And I know that you still have two-year-old tendencies. Why? Because I do too. And we are all humans. We are all on the same journey. We are very much the same. So uh, let's stop it. Let's learn to be merciful. There's still a childlikeness thing that will come in here. It means to be merciful. I, lo- I love it. I love this sermon today. Thank you, Lord, for your help. To be merciful means to be receive it. Bulging with Kindness. How helpful is that? Heaven's way is merciful. To be merciful in the New Testament sense means to be bulging with kindness. Here we kind of see the flip side of childlikeness. I just told you that children can be evil, they can also be loving as all heck. Has a two year old ever wanted to share their ice cream cone with you? Yes. And sometimes, if they've had it for a while, you don't really want to share it. But they look up at you with those big old eyes, and they say, Here, Dada! And you, you know, hope your immune system's doing all right, and you take a lick, and then another lick. They love to share their ice cream. You ever had a three-year-old offer to kiss your boo-boo? You've experienced this, right? I have. It happened to me when I was a kid. It happened to me when I was a young father with my kids. Fell down one time playing basketball. Fell down one time riding a bike with my son. Kid ran in front of us and we both wiped out and I'd like jump in the air and catch Sammy and land and I cut myself. And more often than not, these sweet little kids will see that you have a boo-boo and they'll offer to kiss it because they think love has power. Suffer the little children to come unto me and do not forbid them. For of such... Is the kingdom of heaven. Do you still believe that love has power, my friends? When they're not being evil, children can bulge with kindness. And no matter how kind you are, I receive this. Kindness is not my superpower. Okay, I'm learning. I know it's for the Spirit. It's part of my spiritual disciplines. I work on it all the time. Trying to be as kind as possible to as many people as possible, as often as possible. It's in fact in my like job description. Okay? I'm trying, I'm learning, but I know that I'm often a failure in this area and I have lots of room to grow. Even if you happen to be on the opposite end of the spectrum and you are very good at kindness, to understand mercy as bulging with kindness means, like with chocolate cake, when it comes to kindness, you can never get enough. Somebody shout! You want to live heaven's way? Start treating kindness like it's chocolate cake. And somebody said, amen. Hey, if a bunch of you end up making chocolate cake this week because of this sermon, um, shout me out. I'd love to see it online. Start treating kindness like it's chocolate cake. But don't forget to eat an apple every once in a while. Because heaven's way is fruitful. To be fruitful means having to do with actions. I love this. Heaven's way involves right actions, doing the right thing. It's actually encouraging how easy it is to do the right thing. All you have to do is stop, moment by moment, ask yourself, what's the right thing to do? And then you need to do that right thing. Pretty easy, pretty easy formula. Hopefully you remember it. Stop, ask, do. Stop ask, do. Heaven's way is also impartial. To be impartial means to act without uncertainty. Again, this is in the New Testament sense. So the Greek word here for impartial means to act without uncertainty. You know why people don't know what to do? You know why people don't know how to live? Because they're living under the wrong authority. This has come up in this series already. They live under their own authority, mistakenly thinking that they are God, which is why most people you know are like sheep without a shepherd, aimlessly wandering through life, trying to figure out how to live it, and they have no idea because they're living under the wrong authority. They live a life of uncertainty because they have not met the true authority. If you want to know how to live, get to know the author of life. Hallelujah. This is a lost teaching in our world, by the way. Right, We live in a world that is not majority followers of Jesus. Which means most of the people you know have no idea how to build their life because they have not met the author of it. If you want to know how to live, get to know the author of life. Here's the point. The more certain you are of who God is, the more certain you will be of how you need to live. And then once you figure that out, do it sincerely. Because heaven's way is sincere. I love this. Still with the childlikeness. To be sincere biblically means to be unfeigned. To be undisguised. My word for you today. Stop pretending. Stop acting. If I had a hundred bucks for the number of times in my pastoral career where I have gotten in trouble with somebody because I am in their eyes excessively authentic or because in their eyes I am not very good at acting or pretending that everything's fine when it's not, I would would have a bigger sailboat. But I have believed since I was a young boy, and I believe to this day, that heaven's way means to be sincere, which means to be unfeigned, to be undisguised, to clearly be who you are. To let your deeds be seen that they've been done in Christ and that there's nothing really good or special about you. But that Jesus is good and His goodness is slowly working its way into and through your life as you walk by the Spirit. As you learn what it means to walk by faith. If you want to live heaven's way, keep it real. And you get there by what? You get there by living a peaceful, faith-filled life Filled with hard work that spreads. I'm almost done here. Let me read for you verse 18 as we close. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Let's uh, unpack these words as well. Harvest. What is a harvest? A harvest is a return that is coming, which means you're going to need faith because it's not here yet. Receive it. Okay? Jesus' people act today like it's tomorrow. They act in spring like it's fall. They act in the valley, ooh, like it's the mountaintop. The harvest is coming. It's on its way. You need to live by faith. Also, a harvest is something that has been sown already. A harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. What does it mean to sow? If you've ever sown anything, S-O-W-N, you know that it involves drudgery, hard work. If you're a farmer, say amen. You know how hard it is to plant anything. You know the backbreaking work involved in sodding a backyard if you live in suburbia and one time sodded your backyard. To sow means drudgery. It means backbreaking work that is done by tough people That then spreads right action. That's what it means to sow. If you want to live heaven's way, spread right action. How good is that? So good. Like streams of living water today. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. To sow means to spread right action. You've learned to do the right thing. Now you spread it. You sow it. And because you are living heaven's way, you are doing all of this rooted in the high king of heaven, the prince of peace, which is why you have peace. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. What does it mean, peace, from the New Testament's point of view? Peace means harmony, concord, Here's a quote about peace. Peace is the tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. And so, fearing nothing from God and content with its earthly lots of whatsoever sort that is. And when you're at peace, you make peace. Hallelujah. When you're at peace, you make peace. Kathy, you can join me because I am done. What does it mean to make peace? To make peace. To make means to do, to act, to cause, to manufacture, to construct. Make peace. Friend, the world is broken, but that is not how you have to stay. You can live pure, you can live peaceably. You can live gently, reasonably, you can live mercifully, fruitfully, hallelujah, you can live impartially, you can live sincerely, full of faith, spreading right action, fearlessly and contentedly while manufacturing peace because you are God's friend and you are living heaven's way.